Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare to fly. <laughs> that's my Halloween sound effect for today's podcast. You're very talented, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. I didn't know you did sound effects. Yeah, we're going to talk about Halloween today because there are so many issues when it comes to Halloween and raising your children. And I was inspired by an article that I found in Country Living. Yes, I actually read Country Living. I think this um, is wonderful. That's one of my favorite qualities about you. That I read Country Living? For it's sure. It's a fantasy. I think it's delightful. Um, uh, so there was a... The headline was, how old is too old to trick-or-treat? This is the age you should stop trick-or-treating. It's a surprisingly controversial topic. Look at this. I know, controversy on best of the nest. And it is. And I just, I want to read to you real quickly, and then we'll talk about our trick-or-treating histories. So I think everybody's lived through teenagers coming to their door without a costume. They want candy. What do you do? Country Living turned to etiquette expert, writer, and author Catherine Newman for some advice about this very controversial subject. (laughs) And she said, I begrudge teenagers nothing. She said simply, I just think they get in so much trouble for the weirdest reasons. Isn't trick-or-treating the most innocent, delightful thing for them to still want to do? Actually, when people complain about teenagers trick-or-treating, I'm like, wait, what do you wish they were doing? Would you rather they were on their phones Of course, her tolerance has a limit. You can't just show up and demand candy, Newman says. If you're going to trick or treat, you have to play by the rules. You have to wear a costume and wear it like you mean it, Newman offers. And you have to say please and thank you, too. And the same should go if you were a little kid, just as you would if you were a little kid. And then she goes on to say, and I thought this was the sweetest thing. It's so incredibly sweet to watch these kids who are on the cusp of adulthood wanting to do something so innocent, Newman says. Watching my 17-year-old and his friends trade candy was one of the best evenings of my life. Oh, I love it. I totally love it. so sweet? I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, you think about, you know, people who sort of grudgingly say, oh, they're too old. And then you think, oh, well, truly, it's a great question. What would you rather have them do it? This is exactly what I said when we were talking about this on Twin Cities Live the other day. We were having this discussion about how old is too old to trick or treat. And it was the same thing that I thought, which is, what do you want kids to be doing? Drinking and smoking cigarettes and having sex in the back of cars? I mean, I just don't get it. Like, you don't want them to be children, but you don't want them to be adults. Right. If they're embracing a night of going out and asking for candy and saying hello to the neighbors, I don't know. I just think it's, like, really sweet and lovely, and it doesn't really bother me at all. 
No, it doesn't bother me at all anyway. And that was always our rule when kids would come to our, we lived in St. Paul, when they would come to the door in St. Paul, Ian, my husband, loves Halloween, and we'll get to that in a minute. Love, love, loves Halloween. So if somebody was older and they came to the door, he was fine with that. He would just make them go into sort of a short dissertation of what their costume was, why they had that costume. I mean, they had to be in conversation. But I think, I just think it's wonderful. And I think that's a great thing to think about with your own kids if they want to go trick-or-treating. And as those teenagers come to your door. Now, how old were you? Do you remember the last time you went trick-or-treating and how old you were? I think it was probably like seventh or eighth grade. I don't think I went in high school. I think after that, after middle school, it was sort of a done deal. But I vividly remember the great Halloween blizzard of 1991 where I was 10 years old. Yep, I was 10 years old. And my dad pulled my sisters in a sled to go (laughs) trick-or-treating. And I walked along and my sisters, he pulled in a sled because he was like, we're going, we're still going because he (laughs) thought Halloween was like the greatest thing in terms of taking us and going out and getting candy. And I think he liked to eat the candy. He thought it was fabulous. I think the last time I went trick or treating, I was in fifth grade. Really? Yeah. And part of that was I didn't live near most of the kids I went to school with. And so for me, as I got older... I was kind of a goody two-shoes in one way that any sort of bad behavior, and when I say bad behavior, I mean, we're talking about hooligan stuff, nothing too serious, <laughs> but anything like that made me really, really nervous. So you never did any sort of sneaking out? It, not on Halloween. I mean, yeah. we used to at slumber parties. Okay, good. But but the Halloween thing just seemed to take on an otherworldly nature for me, which kind of scared me. And so I think I really stopped in like fifth grade. But I up until then, I, I loved it. I mean, it was all about how many pounds, like how many pounds of candy can we pull in? So much candy. Yeah. So much candy. Yeah, you're totally right. It's, it is interesting to think about not only when you stop, but when your kids can just go yeah. by themselves and just hit the road. And there's a, there's a small window of time of when they're old enough to go by themselves, but then also until they're done trick-or-treating. Yeah. And I think that's really, to me, that was more the essential question when I was, when I had young children, more than I didn't really care. My kids trick-or-treated through high school and it was so much fun because we would have all their guy friends over. We'd have pizza, we'd have chili. It was just fun to see them be innocent again and just have fun with it again. But the bigger question to me was always them going by themselves. That made me super nervous. And I really? think, oh yeah, do I? I'm sounding like a very anxiety ridden mother, but well, yes, yeah. I didn't realize made, that Halloween. I mean, it's like a Halloween thing because you were big on their independence. I mean, they would take taxi cabs to school sometimes. <laughs> yes, but Halloween, I don't know. It's just <laughs> there's so much happening, and so I think I don't. I honestly think I didn't let my kids out by themselves until they were like in fourth or fifth or maybe sixth grade. I don't know. Like, what will be the age that you think you'll let Bernie and Franklin go out by themselves? I have no idea. There are all these things that I thought that I would do differently. You know, I just... (laughs) And then... I do differently. I just dropped Bernie off for her very first play date where I dropped her off and then went and picked her up. And it was on Sunday... And it was with our old neighbors. So at our old house, two doors down, there's this lovely couple and their two daughters. And I met them, you know, when they moved in and the girls were so little then. And now they're like 11 and 8. 
Right. And they love Bernie. So my old neighbor texted and said, hey, we got a new puppy and the girls would love it if Bernie could come over and play. What do you think? And I was like, great. And so I brought her over there at 2.30, picked her up at 4.30. And as we were driving there, I just said, okay, let's talk about some of the things that happen when we go to a play date. You know, we say lots of pleases, lots of thank yous. If you are thirsty, ask Bryn for some water. You need to make sure to know where the potty is. I mean, all these little things that you're like teaching a tiny person how to behave by themselves at someone else's house. Oh, weird. Oh, that's so weird. It was so weird. And I thought I wouldn't do that type of a thing until she was at least like six or seven. But, you know, you kind of end up with these unique situations where it's with these neighbors. The girls are a little older. I've known them for a long time. I felt like really comfortable. We had like little test things when we lived there about, you know, Bernie being in their house for a half an hour and then their girls being in our house for a half an hour. So that's great. I felt really good about the whole situation. And then I know her, you know, the parents really well. And we text pictures to each other back and forth and all that kind of stuff. But it's a funny thing because I think when I was four or five, I was probably just running the neighborhood going into anyone's house. And it never mattered. And now it's just a different world. I for sure was, we lived in a suburb outside of Chicago. We lived on a, um, we lived on a a little lake. And so there was sort of a a circular, like it was just this, it's hard to describe, but just like this circular roundabout. And there were so many kids all over the place. And it truly was, and it sounds so cliche now, and it sounds kind of like a fantasy, but truly out in the summer, out in the morning, back at night. It it just wasn't it just wasn't a big deal and no, anybody of course not you'd be gone all day yeah anybody's house was fair game and and I really do think that of course has changed the Halloween thing though it, there's something about and you know going on their own down the block at four thirty or five o'clock yeah you can go go to the end of the block and then come back that's one thing it's what age can they run the neighborhood yeah and at what age can they run the neighborhood on Halloween and I I don't know I do think it's every it's such a personal decision and it's such a careful decision that every parent has to make but I think mine were probably knowing me we're probably on the older end for well sure. they have to go on the hunt for the king size candy bars I mean they have yes. to find them somewhere how are they yes. going to go they've got to find them I you know I remember when my dad this was probably like 10 years ago and my dad remembered as a kid always looking for the house with the king size candy bars and he would talk about it and they were you know it's like an urban legend. legend like I heard yeah. in this neighborhood here's where it is and so my dad decided that he was going to be that house he was probably like 50 something and he's like Aww. listen I'm 50 something years old I'm successful. I can afford to buy king-size candy bars for all these kids. So he went and bought massive candy bars and had them all at the house and then was counting them and counting how many he gave out. And his reaction when he the kids would get to the door and go, this is the house. Oh, that's so great. He would hand them out. It was like the greatest accomplishment of his life that he grew up to be the house with the king-size candy bar. There's something about Halloween. You know, that like brings out that excitement and that fun and that like cozy festivity. And it's a sweet way to get out into the neighborhood. I'm just always so delighted when I see how happy people who are, who have like empty nests, how happy they are to see our kids come to the door. Yeah. It makes me want to like go one more block, even when my kids don't need any candy and we're kind of getting (laughs) cold. 
just because I feel like, okay, that, you know, the next block with the lights on, and we live in the city, so we don't get a ton of trick-or-treaters. Right. You know, because our neighborhood is so diverse when it comes to ages and family types. And so it's not as much like in a suburban cul-de-sac where you have just throngs of children running everywhere. Right. So when our kids come to the door, the people are so happy to see them. And it's just really sweet. It truly is one of those holidays that is like joy all around. And one of the things that when we lived in St. Paul, we had we had built, and I sort of posted about it t- today, we had built this great three-season porch. We had added it to our house, and it had a big brick fireplace. And so every Halloween, we would light the fireplace, and we would just sit on the porch the whole, the whole night, and the kids would come up to the porch. And my husband loves Halloween. I mean, absolutely loves Halloween and loves a great gag. And so the first year he did the, he did the, um, he did sort of the big, I think he did cold drinks because he just wanted, kids are always thirsty. And so he, he iced all these drinks and he made it just so special. And I don't know that the kids loved it, loved it, but they were thirsty and that was a good, that was good. (laughs) The second year we had a neighbor across the street who had a three-year-old named Poppy, just the cutest thing. And they would always make sure to bring her, you know, over to us And so that year, he decided he was going to special order a five-pound Pearson salted nut roll. Yes. And so Poppy came over, and she, gosh, she was three or four. She was teeny tiny, and she was dressed in the most fabulous lion costume. Cute. And so Ian looks at Poppy, and he said, Poppy, can you give me a roar? And she goes, roar. (laughs) <laughs> and Ian handed her a little, like a, a fun-sized little piece of candy. And he said, can you go bigger than that? She goes, rawr. So he gives her like a full-size candy bar. He's like, Poppy, I think I think you could go bigger than that. And she just goes as loud as she can, rawr. And he hands her the no. five-pound <laughs> piercing. For this little roll. tiny person? Oh, my God. Her parents were laughing. We, you, we're all laughing so hard because Poppy's like, she's old enough to know, like, oh, this is big candy. Like, <laughs> this is big candy. And so she's like, it's so cute because she's trying to carry it without dropping it. It was adorable. But that's, I mean, that's the thing. Halloween can just be this, you know, just so much fun for everybody. But for my husband, it was always about the gag. Um, well, what's your go-to steal candy? I would always steal the Snickers, the peanut M&Ms, and the Reese's Cups. What do you steal? Yeah, the Reese's for sure. And I used to hate Butterfinger as a kid, and now I love them. And Almond Joy. I used to hate Almond Joy, and now I love them. It's the things I didn't See? like as a kid that now I love. Look how your tastes are evolving. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. And if you have a moment, give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Okay, we've got one from Any Mouse 5952. Hello, Any Mouse. And Any Mouse says, thank you for providing great conversations for us to eavesdrop. I love the span of experience between you two. I always appreciated the honesty. You both spout to keep it real. And please reach out to us. You can find both of us on Instagram at Best of the Nest or at Eliz Reese and at It's Me, Marjorie One. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> to be your best every day 
you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.